Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to the ADCES podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm your host, Kirsten Yale, the Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. The landscape of diabetes self-management is evolving, and increasing numbers of people with diabetes are opting to incorporate tech devices into their care plan. While these devices can generate valuable data that can be used to optimize health outcomes, alarm fatigue presents a barrier that can prevent people with diabetes from using these devices effectively or long enough to meaningfully impact their disease self-management. Joe Trotter, a registered nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist from Georgia, joins us to discuss alarm fatigue. You'll learn how to identify signs of alarm fatigue in your practice, and hear practical guidance on how to address and prevent the problem from resurfacing. Joe, welcome to the huddle. Hey, Kirsten. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you, especially talking about alarm fatigue, which I have learned so much, you know, just talking with you that it's really not just like that one-time response of, oh, I'm tired of this beeping. It's more of a systematic thing that kind of impacts you know, a person's life and even clinically the whole system. So, so excited to have you here to talk to us about how to, you know, maybe try breaking down this barrier. But before we get started, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. I'm Joe Trotter. And like you said, I'm a registered nurse and a certified diabetes care and education specialist. I work in Atlanta at Elmer Healthcare. I'm part of our diabetes management program. We focus on those individuals with diabetes who maybe do need a little more attention or guidance in managing their diabetes, whether that's tips on nutrition, medication changes, uses of CGMs or insulin pumps or other devices that might help them to better manage their diabetes and just go from there. So yeah, I've been a nurse for about seven years and an educator for five so to jump into this topic of alarm fatigue, maybe we should just start at the top. I mean, what is alarm fatigue? Alarm fatigue is where, not just with devices, but I mean, we get alarm fatigue in our everyday life, whether it's the microwave going off, you know, minutes after your time is up or the smoke detector where the battery needs changing, but you're constantly just letting it beep and you'll get to it later. And it's kind of the same thing. Like you hear an alert, an alarm to let you know that something's not right or something needs to be checked, but because you've heard it so much or it's annoyed you to a certain point that you ignore it or you no longer pay attention to it. So you're missing those important reminders to, especially with CGMs, hey, check your glucose level. Something's going on. Did you take your insulin? Was it a food-related issue as to why you're going the either direction? So alarm fatigue, basically, I would say it's just Ignoring an alarm or an alert that is signaling something to you that 
there's an issue that needs checking into. Well, and I'm embarrassed to say I'm looking at my smoke alarm right now that I <laughs> took down because it was beeping, beeping, and I didn't have the right battery to put in it. So um, I totally get it. So how do you know from a clinician perspective when somebody is starting to suffer from alarm fatigue? I mean, they don't really tell you, like, I wouldn't tell anyone about my smoke detector, right? So how do you know when somebody is kind of on the edge here? I would say it's somewhat similar to patients who don't bring their glucose meters to their appointments. Sometimes when we're not checking or not following a plan or recommendations, we tend to not bring those devices or those logs thinking that we're going to be chastised or get in trouble. So that's probably a first sign if a patient comes to an appointment and say they didn't bring their reader or they didn't bring their cell phone or whatever device that they're using for their CGM, they don't have any data. Mm-hmm. I would say that would be a big key there. It could be other things, but I mean, they could be you know, worn out by the alarms. Second, maybe they're complaining of restless sleep or other issues like that related to the alarms. Some people will tell you, they'll be like, that thing was beeping at me all night. So I just had to quit wearing it or take it off. So, I mean, you will have some who will be very upfront about it, but you're right. A lot of people will try to hide it or push it off and forget their device or their reader so we can get the data. So when does it become important as a clinician to step in and say something or do something? Um, If people are trying to hide it and you're trying to partner with them, you know, for managing their diabetes. When is that point to step in? Where is that tipping point? Well, hopefully all of our providers, whether you're a nurse, nurse practitioner, physician, a diabetes care and education specialist, hopefully that's part of your, whether it's a phone call or your appointment with the patient, Mm -hmm. you're addressing that as a, as a need, as a focus. So I would say at every appointment, you would want to at least address the use. And then from there, with the patient or person's responses, you can kind of gauge of we really need to focus or work on dealing with alarms or alerts. Maybe that person is a little worn out from frequent alarms. So yeah, and just like you would for any other kind of condition or concern with the person's diabetes, listen for those clues from the patient, whether like we just said, it's flat out, hey, I'm struggling with this or you know, little sidebar kind of conversations to know you need to address. And as always, you really want to, I would say, stress the importance of the CGM, the continuous glucose monitor, the device and all of the information that it gives. Yes, it's wonderful that it will give you alerts and alarms and, hey, you don't have to prick your finger, but it Mm -hmm. is also giving you so much more data, whether it's a reading every one minute, five minutes or the trends going up or down, you're getting so much more information than just a number. Really try to stress the importance of the data that's being given, not just for the provider or the diabetes care education specialist, but for you as the person with diabetes. Try to help that person understand what all they can benefit from by wearing the device and using it and really understanding what's making it work. Yeah, so you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I mean, the next question I was going to ask was, why is this important that clinicians, you know, keep an eye out for this and stay on top of this and try to catch alarm fatigue when it's happening? Um, So I can see with the data and, you know, making it important and giving context to people that you work with is, is important. But that brings up another question. You know, we know it happens. We know it happens frequently. 
Um, at this point, are there ways that you can think of that you can really prevent alarm fatigue? Are there systems you can put in place to make sure that it, you know we don't even get to that fatigue spot? There's definitely things I think you can do to prepare or try to limit any alarm fatigue. Of course, it all is going to start at the very beginning, trying to find the CGM device that's going to be the best fit for your patient. Yes, there's just a couple on the market right now, but I mean, you do have your choice from several that are out there through different companies. And with our current you know, healthcare system, insurance is going to be a main contributor to which device that person may be able to obtain. So mm-hmm. making sure the device is the best fit for the patient. Second, I would say would be setting appropriate alarms. There's all kinds of alarms and each will be different with each device, as will the audible or vibrating sounds that you're going to hear. So make sure that those alerts, those alarms are set personally for each patient. Like we always say, diabetes isn't a one-size-fits-all disease, as are most diseases, but diabetes especially. So don't just automatically set each patient on this high alert number, this low alert number, and so on. Make sure that you try to delve a little deeper into that specific patient's regimen and how their glucose levels may have been running just on finger sticks alone and try to use that to determine Maybe we should set the high alert, high alert here. Let's mm-hmm. do the low alert here and then go from there with a couple weeks of data. And then probably third, a lot of new devices are not, not new, but a lot of the devices, you can have both a separate reader or receiver or pump that gives you data, but you can also get a mobile app or an iWatch or something on your wrist to also get the data. So Is it going to be kind of like information overload or alert overload? So try to adjust accordingly. Maybe one patient can deal with multiple devices alerting at the same time, or maybe they'll do best with just one to begin with until they get more accustomed to it and learn the benefits and pros of it and then go from there. I think those would be three really good things to first focus on. Yeah, I mean, I I love that you're kind of talking about that time spent up front pays dividends on the back end. You know, I mean, I think we know that. And sometimes we get so rushed because these um, visits are so short and you're trying to fit so much in. But, you know, really just spending that time up front will help everybody in the long run. You know, and I don't know, maybe you can share some examples, but you were talking about, you know, just one device or multiple devices or working with a person to decide, you know, how this best works. How do you make these decisions on how you're setting somebody up with technology? And maybe the best thing are some examples. I don't know if you have some to share. Well, first, let me say, I think CGMs are going to be beneficial for any person Mm -hmm. with diabetes. Like I mentioned just before, there's so much information that you're going to get from the device. Trends, insight into insulin regimen or medication regimen, food, exercise, overall health. There's so much information that's recorded on these devices that it's very beneficial for anyone, not just necessarily for those people with diabetes who take insulin. Variables you do want to consider kind of go along with also for medication Again, back to that insurance, what's going to be covered is going to be a big factor there. Also, education level, support. Sometimes a person does well with a less technologically advanced device. Um, Sometimes people 
have trouble or issues keeping up with a monitor. So keeping a separate device in addition to like their phone and other things may be a little much. So maybe it will be better all compact on their phone. Mm -hmm. um, what alarms are going to be most important for that patient? Is the patient struggling with frequent low alarms, frequent high blood glucose levels? Which is most important for that patient? Which device is going to maybe be heard the loudest, fit into that person's lifestyle, their daily regimen, um, their work, their family? Again, just like with all of healthcare, you really want to focus on that person, what's going to be the best for their life, their diabetes, their overall situation, and then you know decide if they can do just the reader or the receiver, they need the extra mobile apps and go from there. I think it's so fascinating um, with this evolution of technology or diabetes technology. I think the idea was, okay, we have this one piece of technology you can just give to anybody and there's not going to be any personalization. Everybody's going to benefit from this piece of technology. And what we're learning along the way is that that doesn't happen, that the technology is amazing, but it has to be, it's almost like fit for the person in a way. Yeah, you definitely do want to fit it for the person. I mean, Depending on where you are, I mean, your patient population may be very low income. Maybe they don't have a cell phone. So their only option will be to have that separate device to carry. Or maybe they're a young college student who is, or like everyone, not just college age people, are on their phones all the time. So, I mean, they're going to do best just pulling up the app to see their results. So, and then you'll you'll know your patient, hopefully from the years that you've seen them, or even if they're new, you can kind of hopefully get a grasp of their understanding of their diabetes and what they would be able to handle, if that's mm -hmm. proper to say, to know, hey, this is going to be what we can do for the patient. We know this device is here and this is going to give a lot of information, but maybe right now, maybe they've just found out they have diabetes or maybe they've had diabetes for a while and are a little burnt out. Let's wait till next time to talk about that issue. But great device, like you said, to have for everyone. Well, and just listening to you talk right there and talking about the differences in devices and earlier when we just started, you were talking about context and letting people, you know, teaching them about the context of what these beeps mean and how that might maybe lessen the fatigue. You know, I wonder, do you take that context into mind when you decide where to set the beeps and how to set the beeps? Like, you know, what the levels are when you're working with somebody? Definitely. You do. Yeah. Most devices have not only a low or a high and an urgent low too, but they do have like rise and fall rates with several. Sometimes mm -hmm. while it's good information to have and good information to see, sometimes when you hear those alarms, you may be getting a beep or an alarm every 10, 15 minutes. That's going to be very overwhelming for probably every single person. So there are right. some alarms you can maybe cut off or maybe set the range is a little bit different to try to avoid getting into that fatigue state or kind of like with pumps or when someone maybe gets a little burnt out of wearing mm -hmm. a pump, we do have like pump vacations, if you will, where they will go off of their pump for a little bit, go back to multiple daily injections just to kind of almost find new inspiration or <laughs> realize how, maybe how beneficial their pump was, or maybe they just need a break. They don't want to be connected. They don't want to have something on them all the time. Um, 
they want to not forget about diabetes, but just to have a little bit more freedom, if you will. So the same with the device. I mean, if you use it for a certain amount of time, maybe you do want to step away from it and go back to the traditional finger stick. And then you'll probably realize, hey, my fingers really enjoyed not being poked. And (laughs) we liked all this additional data that we got. So I appreciated this break, but I really need to go back and get back on my device. So you can definitely see that with different stages, whether you're new to diabetes or you've had diabetes for 30, 40 plus years, or even 5, 10. It doesn't, you know, any time frame you, you may get tired of or worn out or fatigued from anything. There's no set time frame for anyone. It can happen at any time. I love the way you called it a vacation because usually we come back refreshed from our vacations as, as I just did. Have you noticed when you do, or, or do you talk to people about taking a, a vacation from their pump or their CGM and then coming back? Have you noticed that they've come back like just ready to put it on, like excited about it and the fatigue is sort of dissipated? True. Kind of like like you mentioned vacation. We also just passed the holidays when we're making this recording. So a lot of people, I don't want to say let themselves go, but maybe we do indulge a little bit more at the end of the year with with all of the holidays as far as our eating. And then we're we're like, it's a new year. We're going to be refreshed. We're going to be all focused. So yeah, that happens with devices too. When people go off their device for a certain amount of time, whether it's a couple days or a week or months or however long that they do it. When they do come back to the device, there is a newfound maybe um, inspiration or a drive to maybe be a little more serious or to really start to take a hold of their diabetes and how they have a better plan, they have a better idea, maybe more focused. So yeah, most people don't take a break and then come back not focused or not more involved with their care. I would say almost 100% of people are are more focused once they take the break. They've appreciated the break, but they really see Mm -hmm. the importance and the need for the devices and how much they benefit from them. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think maybe we should all think about that, you know, and just offer that as, as an option more often. Well, you've offered us a ton of practical considerations. I would say, you know, you talked about insurance a lot. Um, any other practical considerations you want to share with our audience for, you know, when they're working with people with diabetes and alarm fatigue? Listen to the patient. Um mm-hmm. You know, if they're stressed or they're saying, hey, um, I know we had talked about this before, but I I did mention the patient to you offline whose wife was so annoyed with the alarms, as well as I think he had a CPAP machine, too. So she was not getting any sleep herself because maybe I think his results were running a little high. So it was beeping at all night. He was asleep, but she could hear it and it was keeping her up. So. Unfortunately, she made him go to a different bedroom um, because, you know, her sleep was interrupted because of his device, which is beneficial, but he was ignoring it, but she couldn't. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind, too, that whether it's a parent or a spouse or a significant other, a roommate, whoever, sometimes they're going to hear those alarms, too. Not sometimes. Most of the times they're going to hear them. So then you will want to kind of help. The family members, the friends realize the importance of the alarms and what they are. Not so much a judgy and a um, you're in trouble when I hear 
three beeps or two beeps or or whatever. So just, you know, help them to understand the importance of the device as well. And uh, second, I would say maybe to look at the data and see where some improvements or some changes could be made and really try to help the patient understand the reports that are available. Sometimes the reports, we don't really go over those a lot in depth because, I mean, there's a lot of information on there and it can be a little overwhelming, but really try to focus on those areas where if you see that could really use improvement. So just trying to break down in simpler terms, maybe for all patients to help them understand the reports, the data and everything like that. And, you know, see maybe your your alarms can be changed over time for each patient. Maybe what you started off with was good when you were first diagnosed or when you first started wearing the device. But as you pay more attention to the alarms and made changes, maybe you can go down or go up. So like we said, it's not one size fits all. And it's not, this is how it's going to be for the remainder of your life with diabetes, but it's ever changing. So just know that it can change at any time at your next visit or the next week. Yeah, that story you told about the alarm beeping at night and the wife moving to the other room, just, I mean, I'm going to forever remember that one. I mean, talk about an impact <laughs> on, your, on your quality of life. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's something we sometimes forget when people leave the clinic, leave the office, they're actually leading a full life, you know? And these these alarms and beeps and dings, I mean, it, it does impact them. So, um, but I would say the big thing that you you said at the very beginning, it's what I hear every single time I do any of these interviews, is that idea of listening. And I think if we just take a step back and listen, that can solve ninety nine. Well, maybe not ninety nine. Maybe ninety six percent of our of our of our communication issues. So I loved that you said that. I know you have great resources. I know there's danatech.org. Um, any other resources you can think about to share with people? There is a good article. I believe it's also on the ADCES website. It's mm-hmm. through Diabetes Mind that goes a lot more in depth about diabetes device fatigue. It gives some facts and some, some additional suggestions. Mm-hmm. Some we talked about today. Um, but really goes into a little bit more depth than you and I have on this podcast. But that's a really good article that you should be able to link through adces.org for sure. Okay. And we'll make sure to put it in the um, in the show notes for people. So anybody listening knows they can go to the show notes and find that article. Joe, it was so great to have you on. Um, I always love chatting with you and you share the best stories. So I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. I'd love to do that. Yes. Thanks for chatting and let me come on and share. I appreciate it. Fantastic. And happy new year to you. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. As we just heard from Joe, alarm fatigue may be a barrier to self-management that your clients may be facing. While alarm fatigue isn't always a given, it is likely to happen at some point because most technologies cause annoyances and disturbances eventually. Make sure you're empowering your clients to identify and address any issues with alarm settings before they cause a problem. And make sure to check in regularly with them to see if alarm fatigue may be developing. To access diabetes technology resources and product information, head over to danatech.org, your hub for all things diabetes tech. Free access to danatech.org is just one of the many benefits of membership with ADCES. Learn about the many other resources, education, and networking available 
to ADCES members at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.